Welcome to RVU, an RV insider podcast where I will interview industry experts, icons, and influencers. Class is in session for all things RV. I am your host, Angie Morrell, and today I am so honored to get to meet a true industry icon in Mr. Bob Tiffin. So thank you so much for being with us here today. It's our pleasure. I'm glad that we're here. I'm glad we're able to be here. <laughs> Me too. So I am just excited to get to know you and visit. We've been um, here in Red Bay for a couple days, and I've been so impressed with everything I've seen. Um, but mainly, I want to talk about with you, how did, how did this all start? Why did you build your first RV in 1972? Well, that's a good question. But actually, before we started, we had three RV plants here in our area. We had one that built Safari and one that built Sandpipers and one that built Sunliners. And they were all right here. My dad started the business in 1941. It was a building supply business and hardware store. And those guys had the plants here. They would come, they all lived here in Red Bay. And so they would come by here each day and, and by odds and ends if they needed to finish the day out. That's just the way business is. And this business, you're always running out of stuff. Oh, <laughs> believe me, I know. So We're so always looking for parts. And that's right, there's so many pieces. And so they would come by in the morning and stay a little while at the store and pick up things they needed for the day. And then they'd come back by that afternoon after going home for work. And so, of course, I knew those guys. They all were from town here. And, and you know, everybody at Red Bay was a small town. Back then it wasn't but about 2,500 to 3,000 people. And, and so in 1964, Commodore Corporation moved into Red Bay and they built the Sandpiper Motorhomes. And they okay. stayed here four years. And for whatever reason, they left. And when they left, uh, they had trained a good bit of people. And so there were two companies started from that one company and one was down at Tremont, Mississippi, and one at, one at Iuka. And they built, the ones in Tremont built Sunliners, and the one over to Iuka built Safaris. I've seen Safari, I think I've seen a Safari out yes. there on the road. <laughs> that, yeah, you've seen those because there was a guy named Matt Perlock took that took that name and, and made a big motorhome with it out, oh, in, okay. out in, the, in Eugene, Oregon. And he built them for several years out there. And of course, he went out of, he passed away and that company went out of business and the name's going by the wayside too. I don't know if anyone's using that name now or not, but we- Not that I'm aware of. But we, uh, we just- Maybe you should bring it back. Well, I don't, we could, you know, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. We've got a lot of name brands here that we use. But uh, when when the last one went out of business here down at Tremont and at, at, uh, at Iuka, then since we'd been selling materials to them, we were a little bit familiar with what they were doing. So I told my dad, I said, you know, that would be a pretty good business for us to be in. When we have a cotton gin too, of course, y'all are from Texas, so you understand cotton. Right, right. <laughs> and so I was gin cotton in the fall. We had the gin, the gin building is still up there. It's our R&D building. And we had two big warehouses with it. So I said, well, we could build those uh, motorhomes down there in the, in the in a new cotton gin warehouse that we built. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, it's turned into our cabinet shop now. And so that's what we did. We started production in that big building and it's, it's still, we're still using it today. And we had um, good trained employees and we just hired those guys. And, and of course I didn't know anything about production on I was gonna homes. say, yeah, yeah, but to just start from a raw chassis and start building a house on it. So I guess they, they knew what they were doing. You just had the vision, right? Yes, that was exciting times. 
And of course, when I told my dad, I said I could run it, and I knew a little bit about, you know, about what to do because we, I'd seen those guys build. So I started, and I was in the office like this one day, and and we'd been building, we'd been, and we'd been in business. We started in in uh, September of 1972, and then we built five motorhomes that year. But when we started, you know, we brought we bought material, and uh, all this material from Sunliner down here at Tremont, Mississippi. So we brought all the we brought all their raw raw materials in here, and and back then everyone built the motorhomes with with wood. Okay. And so I said, man, I don't know. That don't sound good to me. <laughs> Building a big heavy motorhome going down the road 67 miles an hour and it's got wood frames. I said, so what we did, we we decided to build the, the frames with aluminum, aluminum tubing, and then put a nice steel heavy floor under it for the out of the welding shop, out of steel. And so that's what we did. So we had, we sold all all metal construction, aluminum and steel. Wow. And so. We had a sort of a unique uh, vehicle to sell when we would go to shows because yeah. that was when the bay going. They they had a they had a wood side wall, and everyone else had a had a wood side wall. They would take a, a two by four stud and cut it in half, so they had they had just a little bit less than an inch and a half square piece of wood for their for their side wall frame. That, that's a little worrisome, isn't it? Oh, that'd be worrisome <laughs> for me if I owned on some of those. Right. But when we started with aluminum, we built these little cages. We built these little miniature motor homes. Mm -hmm. We put the steel we put we put the steel floor under it and then we put the sidewalls out of balloon too and then man we uh we we gave every dealer one of those little one of those little models. Mm -hmm. And some of those are still around. Well that was I, you you beat me to my next question. I wanted to know do you have one of the early, early Tiffin motor homes? We have one of those well we don't have one of the, we do have a, a, a we do have a, one of the first motor homes we built. And it's in the warehouse up there, but it, it needs a little work on it. Needs a little love. And we're gonna have to stop the leak. It's it's set outside here for a long time. We just kept it out. It was a '76 model. Oh wow! And so we decided to put it up this winter. We're gonna put the, a new roof on it. Okay. And then we'll put it back outside and, and put it on display again. But yeah, all the motorhomes that we built, they should be out there somewhere, still being used. Or they get there. Every every now and then, I'll be driving down the road and I'll see one sitting out in the. Really? About somebody's house. It looked like it's been abandoned, but you know, it still looks good. I, I well, that says yeah. a lot. Who did you sell your first motorhome to? Uh, we sold the, the, the first motorhome to uh, Camper City in Tampa, Florida. Really? So you just got in it and you drove, did you drive it down? Yeah, I was, I didn't drive it. Roland, one of our drivers, Roland Ledbetter, drove it. He's still here. Okay, really? He, yeah, so we, we hopped in it. It was a, it was a 25 foot Allegro. And he was in the he was in the selling he was in the, the rental business down there. Buddy Hill was his name, so we drove it down there to Tampa. And Roland drove, and I sat over there, and we talked all the way down there. And when we got down there, uh, this guy wrote us a check for it. And we came back home. We towed a car down. That's what <laughs> that's okay. how we did it back then. And this guy was a nice fellow, but he rented motorhomes. Okay, and, he rented. And that that first motorhome didn't survive. It got in a fire somewhere or another, and. Got destroyed. Make it, huh? But years after that, we were down at the Sugar Bowl. Alabama was playing somebody in the Sugar Bowl down there, so I, we were all big Alabama fans. We went down there to the game, and we parked in we parked in this uh, campground out there on the Shelf Miniature Highway on Highway 90, 
and we stopped and have been we have been hooked up long there at the campground. And somebody said, "There's an old Allegro right down here. You need to go look at it." Well, back then we put the identification tag on the outside under the window, and so I walked down there, and that was the second motorhome we built. How neat! And that was a, that that motorhome was had some age on it then, and it still looked good. Well, that's impressive. That says a lot for the Tiffin quality. Um, so you have to tell me, how did you Allegro? I've heard that name. That's one of your names throughout your your models how did you come up with the name allegro well you know back in those days we didn't have the internet that was in 1972. we had phone books <laughs> yeah we had phone books and we had the we had the trader life and motorhome life and all the trade magazines did alphabetical order and so they either did it with the name like tiffin would be way down right and airstream was way at the top <laughs> and so i told judy I, my wife i said the I said, we need a name that means something that's at the top of the alphabet. Well, the, the next words out of her mouth was Allegro. And that, that name means to speed up. It means lightly and happy. It had all the right names. And yeah. so I said, we'll, we'll trademark that name. <laughs> and so we started calling it Allegro. I like and that. That was, a, that was a great name. Of course, it was easy for people to remember. Yeah, it's very easy. Right, so the first few we built, we put a big old A on the side of them. Winnebago was big about putting a big W on there. So I said, well, I need to put an A on it. And we did. And of course, it was not very attractive. So we, we dropped that after a while. <laughs> but that's well, how so we you went from A to Z because your other top of the line is the Zephyr. So is Zephyr come, where'd that name come from? Well, you know, there again, we, we were talking. Judy and I were, and she said, well, what, what are we going to name it? I said, I really don't know. Have you got any idea? She said, well, you like trains. Why don't you name it Zephyr? I thought it for a minute, and I said, well, you know, that's a, that's a great name. What, is, what about Zephyr? So we looked it up, and the Zephyr name has been used for a long time, a different, different, different thing. But the train that, run it, that, that ran, that got all the pub, pub, uh, publicity about it was a, a train that was called a Zephyr that ran from Denver, Colorado to Chicago, and it left early in the morning and it got there before daylight, before dark. Oh wow! And it was called the it was called the Zephyr, and so I've got a picture of it right over there on the wall, and and so we said the name it Zephyr, and it has a meaning too. The word Zephyr means a strong west wind. Oh. And so all the names, all of our names, every one of our names they, means they work. Yes, they sure. Well, Judy's pretty good. Oh, she was great. <laughs> she, she, uh, she was a musician, so that's the reason she could. She knew what Allegro meant. Mm -hmm. And, of course, uh, we, we understood about Zephyr. And, of course, another thing about Zephyr, too, when I'd go to the... When I go to the car shows, they would be they be some they'd be an old Zephyr Ford. You know, they built some Zephyrs way back then, and, mm -hmm. and uh, they were nice. And, and of course, that I try to try to go to the car shows. Well, I got to go into the most recent Zephyr that came coming off the line, and wow, I was impressed. It's a beautiful coach. I am super excited for everyone to get to see what you've done with the Zephyr product. Well, we, it's a it's a limited production. We don't build too many of them. I, I don't. You, that might change. <laughs> we, we'll build. You know, last year we built about fifty of them, give or take a few. I don't know exactly how many we built, but it's a it's a big four to five foot motorhome. You know, with a big six oh five horsepower engine. It's a it is a fine motorhome. It's beautiful. I was just you know I hadn't been in a Zephyr for years, and I got to go in the one the other day and boy, beautiful interior, just the outdoor kitchen that comes out from the bay was 
really impressive. I think I think that that's gonna. I think that's gonna. I think you're gonna make more than fifty coming well, we up. Might, we, we thought about trying to build, you know, a couple a week, which would be about a hundred, and I mm -hmm. think we can sell a hundred a week. Of course, we're so blessed with my middle son Dan here. He is he is really really talented. Well, you know, I was going to say so. Yesterday, I did a video on one of your products, the Phaeton, actually. And, um, you know, typically when I do a walkthrough, I do a really thorough walkthrough video. I find, I help out the technicians. I find something that maybe they miss, something that might not be working or something that's a little, you know, not working like it's supposed to be. And everything was perfect. Everything worked great. I didn't have any issues. I was so impressed with the fit and finish and quality of the product. So I was gonna ask you, what have you done in the recent years to really up your game as far as your quality goes? Well, it's an ongoing process. You know, it's a, our coach Saban, he said everything has to have a process. Well, that had to have a process as well. So what we do, we have, the, we have stations in the main production plant, one through 19. And so we try to preach quality to our employees every day. And we have we have several meetings through the day. You know, we have a we have a supervisors meeting. Then we have a we have a quality meeting with the supervisors real early in the morning. We start early. We we start production at six o'clock. Well, you start early here too. Oh, yeah. What time do you get here? Well, I, I try to get here around five every morning, <laughs> but that's not the whole problem. You know, I, I drive forty two miles to get here. I I've been driving that. I did. That's a ways. I have to get up real early to get here at five. But I don't mind it. You know, I've always got up early. I, I remember when Tim and Van and Lex were at home, you know, they I'd, I'd come to work and sometimes I'd go back home up here for breakfast and <laughs> and they'd be out there playing in, in, playing in, in the driveway. <laughs> so the whole Tiffin family has always got up early. And of course, we mean business, you know, that's what you, if you, if you don't get up early, then half the day is gone before you start. Exactly. And that's not good. <laughs> nope, nope, you're missing. You're missing the best part. That's right. <clears throat> so Van has been um, instrumental in and increasing the quality and in a and, big way yes okay. he uh he would go he would go, early on when he started working with us years ago he would start going to the shows you know and he would look and see other quality uh, other quality that other people had and and of course he said later he said to come home he said we're gonna have to really work hard on what we're doing he said you know it's it's gonna be hard for us to catch it with monaco and and country coach and fleetwood and all these other big guys and i said well we just have to work at it so we just started working, you know, and he came to work in uh, in eighty in eighty seven. He worked in he worked some of the summers here in, in eighty three and eighty four and eighty five and eighty six. But he came here worked full time in eighty seven, and that's been his job so, is, is to help our quality. Yeah. Okay, and well. and and be innovative and things to do and and find better ways to do things in in production that it's easier to do. You know, it's there's two ways to do a job. It's either a real hard way to do it or do it you can find an easy way to do it that makes it look better. And that's what we try to do, the, the second part of that, try to try to have an easy way to do the job and make it look really nice. Well, you have accomplished both because I was super impressed. I have to say, I've never, I think your slides are the quickest slides that I've ever operated. So <laughs> that was pretty impressive. Those new hydraulic slides were fantastic. Well, we try to put, we've tried, excuse me, we have tried all the, slide mechanisms. In fact, the, the first slide that we built was, uh, was, a, was a design that we did ourselves. 
you know, we of course you you couldn't find slide out equipment when we started. We started building slides. No, I not, mean you're not, not, walls weren't supposed to move. <laughs> that was just in the movies. Yeah, that was. <laughs> and that was 1993. And so we, we have a guy here, Don Hall is uh, his name of his company is Sun Air Products, and uh, he lives. His shop is in Belmont, which is five miles away. And Don was a real, real good engineer. And so I said, Don, we're going to have to have some type of a mechanism, you know, to operate this slide out box and make it go in and out. And so he got to looking around and, and you know what the first motor was? Was a, a satellite receiver motor. These big satellite dishes that you see at people's houses. Right. That's the motor that you did yeah, on your you first, know, it, used it, on it, your first slide? That's exactly right. But he went, of course, he went around, he picked, he picked out this motor for us and that was real successful for us because it didn't give any trouble. And uh, it would carry that slide out in and out real nice and smooth. And we, we the first slide out we built was 16 feet long and it was for a, a 20, a 26 foot leg row and a 27 foot, whichever one you want to call it. And and it was really successful that first one. And, and we didn't know exactly what we were doing because we, we would go to shows and see what everybody else was doing. So we figured out what we we're doing. And what was the deal? When we first started, it really kicked us off when slide outs was one of our owners that bought several of our motorhomes. He lived in the next county over in Marion County. And he he come rolling in with another another brand oh. that, that had a slide out in what? it. What? In Tiffinland? Parked right out there in front of the office that day. <laughs> he said, Come here, I want to show you something. So I walked out there and looked at it and and sure enough, there was he pulled the slide out. It just had one slide out on it. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, where did all this room come from? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Well, you're, you know, I think the Tiffin coaches, especially the one that I was in yesterday, and I've thought it over the years as I've been in customers' coaches, they just feel bigger inside. I don't know what it is, but they feel nice and big and roomy and, you know. Well, we've made them wider and we've made them taller and we've tried to make them better. <laughs> well, I think you're doing a great job. And obviously uh, uh, Thor did too. <laughs> a couple of years ago. So tell me about um, the acquisition of Tiffin by Thor. How did you? How did that all take place? And how do you feel like that's impacted the Tiffin company? Well, it was a big, um, uh, a big impact for us. You know, to, because all these years, you know, I, you know, I was pretty young when I started the company, and, and so when I got up, how uh, old were you? Well, I was thirty years old. Thirty years old, and so. You know, as we went down the road, you know, I, we kept being successful in trying to get motorhomes. We, we were real successful with taking care of our owners. And so, our, you know, this sort of spread through the, you know, through the RV world that Tiffin will take care of you if you this, buy one. Yeah, there's Tiffin that's made yeah. in Alabama, yeah, not yeah. not Indiana. That's right. What are you doing <laughs> down here? <Yeah. laughs> but anyway, you know, we just took care of our customers and, and started, you know, started small and took care of those, took care of our owners and tried to build a product that would not take so much service to repair, you know. Now tell me what you said again. I was asking about the acquisition by oh, Thor. Okay, so as went on it, we, 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 I didn't have any idea about trying to sell, you know, it was not my intentions to ever sell the company because when I got up towards 60 years old, everybody wanted to know when I was gonna retire. <laughs> And I said, I'm not going to retire. I said, I'm too old to retire. I just, I don't want to retire. I said, I want to work till I get real old. And so that's what I did. And so in 62, it got a little louder. And when I got 65, it got a fever pitch. And everybody's <laughs> wanting to know. Because, you know, 
I understand that a guy wants to buy one of these motorhomes that we build. It's real expensive. And oh, they it, are. It's a long, it's a long life vehicle, and they want to know if we're going to be around because so many people that go out of business, they want to know if we're going to be around. Right, absolutely. And so one day, Tim and uh, Van and my youngest son, Lex, walked in the office and they said, Daddy, we think we want to sell out. I said, we want to do what? <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said, I've never thought about selling out. He said, well, first of all, I said, who do you think might buy this, this company? He said, well, I think Thor Industries might buy it. I guess he had done some homework. I haven't done any homework on it. And so I said, well, you give them a call and see what they say. And so in a, in a few weeks, Bob Martin came down and and just came through, you know, for a first visit. Mm -hmm. And then they came back a little bit later, and, and then we got pretty serious about it. And uh, I tell you what, the Thor Industries, the industry part of the company of Thor is really a nice company. It is. And Bob Martin is really, really a good guy. He's a great gentleman. And, and Very he, nice man. I tell you what, we couldn't have we couldn't have handpicked anybody better to sell to. And it's been a great marriage. We don't have any issues with them. He did exactly what he said. He said, "I want you to run the plant just like you've always run it." And he said, "We he said we won't be around it." And they're not. You know, we we inherit two or three bookkeepers when we have mm -hmm. a quarter in, and we here and. We in, when we have a year in, we get four or five extra bookkeepers. But I understand that because they're a public company and they have to meet the criteria. They have to meet what Wall Street right. dictates they do, and I understand that. But we don't have any problem with them. And if we're doing anything wrong, I told them if we're doing something wrong, we need to know it. We need to change. We don't need to go several right. years doing do something. Right, do it better yeah, if you can. These things that you do wrong year after year are finally coming back and they, they land on your desk. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they do. <laughs> <laughs> Probably better than anyway. So our, our thing with Thor, our sellout to Thor has been, has been as seamless as it could possibly be. Well, that's great. And it does feel like this is still Tiffin Town. Tiffin, it does feel very family-centric. Um, and so... But one other thing about Thor, Bob Martin said, we don't want to put our name on anything you have. And they hadn't. You know, I see it on their, when you go to their website, they, they show their companies that they own. Mm -hmm. But that's it. But your day-to-day -day operations yeah. and the build quality and everything else is still just 100% Tiffin, sure. just with a little extra parent over the watching eye over you, huh? Yes, and we need that. Mm -hmm. You know, our customers, you know, they... They don't, they don't understand that exactly, I don't guess. Most of them might. But you know, the more people that you've got helping you watch, the better off you are. Mm -hmm. And of course, we get, we get a lot of good input from our owners. You know, they, our service department is right down here, four or five blocks away. And uh, we, at any given time, we'll have 100 motorhomes down there for service. This morning, there's there's a 60 or something down there in the service <laughs> department. And, you know, we ask them to fill out a sheet if they want to and give us the things that they like to see in a motorhome. That's where we get some of the best ideas. Absolutely, that we've got. from the people that use them yeah. and live in them. And, and we sure know when they got a problem. <laughs> because it's, it's just six, seven blocks down there to the, to the problem. And so, you know, I, I don't, we don't shun problems. You know, we, we try to help people because if you... If you put yourself away from what's what's going on in the plant, and you put yourself away from the owners and, and never talk to them, you don't know what you don't know what their needs are. You don't know what kind of problems they have. You know you learn from the problems you create, and we try we try to do better. Well, I think you do a wonderful job with that, and I know that you're.
you're um you're here every day still, right? Yes, ma'am. I work every day. If I'm not here, I'm at a show. <laughs> I know you know I met you at a show. I know you don't remember, but I, I, I almost got in trouble because I left my booth, but I'm like, I know Mr. Tiffin is here and he is iconic in the in the RV industry and I had to meet you. So now I feel very honored that I've gotten to spend so much time with you. So. No, it's my pleasure. Yes. Oh, well, you are wonderful. In the market for a new or new-to-you RV, check out National Indoor RV Center's massive nationwide inventory. NIRVC has a wide selection of Class A, Class B, and Class C RVs. And their one-stop shop approach means you can count on their trusted experts for sales, service, storage, and more. Experience the NIRVC difference Visit nirvc.com. Today's episode receives support from the All-Inclusive Motorhome Club. The AIM Club connects you with fellow RV enthusiasts from all across the country and comes with a ton of great benefits, including special discounts, VIP services, and exclusive access to incredible rallies and RV events all for just 35 bucks a year. Learn more at aimclub.org. So your grandson Lee is president of Tiffin. How did you come, how did, how did you make that decision? Well, you know, Lee, of course, played football at Alabama in the 80s and 06, 07, 08, and 09. Of course, I, I, was, real, I was real close to Lee and his sister. And they decided after he went to to uh, Birmingham to University of Alabama in Birmingham. After he got out of after he finished his football career at Alabama, he decided to go get his master's degree. And and he didn't know exactly what degree he didn't want to. He didn't know where he wanted to get, get in the motorhome business or where he wanted to do something else. And so he he made a real nice decision on his own about going back to the University of Alabama in Birmingham and getting his master's degree in hospital administration. Okay. He thought he might want to be a hospital administrator, and that's, that's a great career. Oh, it is, it is. And so I, I said, well, Lee, that'd be great. And so he went down to Birmingham, say two years to get his master's degree in hospital administration. And after he got that and, and I got to studying it, you can't get a degree in building RVs. There isn't one, is there? No, you, <laughs> you can't get a degree. There's several. There's several outside things that you could get a degree for. You know, the in type of engineering and things like that. But to run a big company like we have to have sometimes when business is good, you can't get a degree in that. So he got his degree in hospital administration. And you know, if you look at that situation, look look at if you got a big hospital that's got two or three hundred doctors operating in it and it's got it's got three or four hundred or eight hundred nurses in it or a thousand nurses, then that that pretty well mimics what we do here. You know, we've when things are really good, we've got we've got uh, you know, we got two thousand, twenty five hundred employees mm -hmm. and then we've got the management team that operates that. And that's very similar to a hospital running. And right. so he uh, in fact in fact he went to Lewisburg, Virginia on his training and he went up there and stayed, stayed a couple of weeks and then he came home and after that after that two weeks stay up there to see what they were doing then he went back up there and stayed for a good long while 
And then that company he was working for decided that they wanted to make him the hospital administrator in Columbia, Tennessee. Oh, wow. So move him out of Alabama. Yes, just right up here. Yes. And so he uh, he went up there and looked around. And, and so I don't know what happened during that time, but one morning, him and his dad walked in here and sat down right here in front of my desk and, and said, Lee said, Papa Bob, we want to build fifth wheels. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you want to build fifth wheels? <laughs> I said, okay, well, what, what, what is the deal? He said, well, he think, he said he looked at the market and he said there was a, a good market in the fifth wheel business. And so I said, well, we've never built any toll boats here, but I said, well, where are you going to build them at? He said, I don't know, but we'll find a place. And so they found a, a place over in Burnsville, Mississippi, which is about, oh, it's about 38 miles over there in Mississippi, just just uh, between Memphis and between uh, Iuka, Mississippi and Corinth and the little town of Burnsville. And so they released that building and he started building fifth wheels over there. And that was a real challenge because they didn't have trained employees over there. Right, you have all the trained employees here. <laughs> well, and before then, you know, when the Commodore was here and, uh -huh. and the two other RV plants, you're going back to then in 1970, 1972 and 73 and 74 and 75, we had people that we hired that that worked at the RV plants. And he didn't have that. He didn't. So have he that. was really starting from scratch. Oh, yeah, and everybody had to be trained. And we learned a lesson then that, you know, the, the the employees that hadn't had any experience building RVs, it's pretty tough to try to start from scratch. Sure, absolutely. And, and so his dad band would go over there at lunch every day. Oh wow! And stay there till quitting time. And, and so I'd go over there a couple of times a week and see what they were doing. And and I could really see the progress that they made. You know, they about six months it was a struggle, but after that, and they started getting their employees trained. And band went over there and showed them a lot of real easy ideas on how to do things easier than the, what I talked about earlier, the hard way. Yep. And the fifth, the fifth wheel started coming off. They started looking really nice. And he built a great fifth wheel until we had this last meltdown in the economy. And then when, when that happened, I said, well, they're going to shut that plant down. We've made this decision to shut it down. I said, well, we'll just make him president and let him come over here and help us. And so his office is right over there and Van's office is right over there. And so they're right here together. And, that's and he's right. I can see him. I'm, I can see who he's talking to on the phone. He can see who I'm talking to on the phone. We just can't hear each other because we got a wonder. But before we put these wonders in, I could hear what he was saying. <laughs> but now we, we got a wonder between us, but that's okay. You know, we need to have a little privacy right, here when we right. do something. But but that's that's how he started and, and got that experience. He worked over there six or seven years before they decided to shut it down. But that was the best, that's been the best decision we made to put him as president. He is really an operator. Well, he has he has a great presence about it, about him. Um, just, you know, very impressed with everything that I've seen and heard and the time that I've been able to spend with him. I think he made a really good decision. Yes, <laughs> yes and one, 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 one ability he has is to, is to speak. Oh, beautifully, yeah. And, he's, you know, I, I get up and stumble around and stammer around. I can't talk like he can. But he can he can he can arrange his thoughts and put them in a in a book form like you got there, and make a make a, make a great speech. Yes. And uh, you know I I recommend him going anywhere he wants to to teach. I hope we don't lose him to politics someday. <laughs> I don't think we will. That would be, you know what? <laughs> I, he would, yeah. I'm going to nail him don't to that office over ideas. there so he can't get away. <laughs> well, yeah, he's very impressive. So I think that's awesome that you're you know here are three generations working in 
and Tiffin, which is just amazing. And so how long are you going to keep working? It's the question. Well, I you ever going to retire? No, you know, I'm not going to quit. I, the only the only way I would quit here is so I couldn't walk to the door. <laughs> and you know, as long as I can drive that 42 miles one way and 42 miles back, I could even get a driver. I don't I don't don't relish the point the point of having to strap someone down to drive me to work and back. But you know that could that could happen someday. But you know my dad worked he worked till his hip broke. He broke his hip in 1987, and and he worked every day from 1941 till then. And you just you can count up the years. That's a long time. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he was I don't know how old he was in 1941. He wasn't he was born in you can do the he he was born oh, you, at, you, he, he was he he was born in um, in 1911. Okay. And he started his business in 1941. He so worked, he's he worked, 30 like you. Right. He he worked six years for his brother-in-law here in town, McKinney's Grocery, and he, they had hardware and everything there. That's where he got his understanding. And he went to West Tennessee Business School. Right out of high school, that was a six months course, and he was the best bookkeeper I have ever seen. I worked with him every every day at the store there for about ten years, you know. Well, you learn from the best. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> he was he was really an operator too. That's where Lee gets that's that's handed down to Lee, from from my dad. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's very cool. <clears throat> so, what is your favorite thing? Why do you love coming to work every day? Well, you know, I love getting up, and you know, I I love coming to work, and of course. I never had the opportunity to, to do much thinking, you know, I just, I just, well, I just lived. Well, that, on that drive, yeah, I just, don't you well, do a lot I, of thinking I, on that before, drive? Before <laughs> then, I just lived three minutes from the office. Oh, sure. And so I'd drive down here, and of course, when I walked in the office, it was, it was business. Now, I've got 42 miles. I've got, a, I've got 45 minutes or an hour coming to work. And so I do a lot of thinking coming to work. And I've got, I got a little routine that everybody does coming to work if they drive that far. I just, I listen to the radio. I've got a, I've got a I've got a tape I listen. I've got a I've got a real good friend that lives down in Florida and I got another guy that lives down there and they both are preachers and I they've made tapes. And so I listen to them coming to work every morning. And you know, it's amazing about the Bible. You know, I study the Bible pretty often, well every day. But you know, you can study it all your life and you find something new every day that you didn't understand or you didn't know it was there. Well, it's it, it's the same thing here. Every day I come to work, I'll find something different that I didn't know the day before. And it's always, but it's you can do that and it just helps you so much to, to learn what to do and how to treat the people here in the plant. You know, we have a we have a, a company that everybody gets smiled. If you go around here and look at everybody, they're happy, really. You know, you, you can smile at them, they'll smile back at yeah. you. And you know, if you've got that kind of environment, in the plant, you want to build a good product. That's just what it's all about. Well, you know where it starts. It starts from the very top down. So I think that comes from you. Well, we try to we try to make it from the top down, and and of course, how to, the best way to do that is not get not get flustered. That's right. You know, and if, if something comes up, if the owner comes through the door and need to talk to him, ask him well, how we can help him. You know, that's that's way to do it. Well, I think that you've. Um, you know, the Tiffin name is synonymous with customer service. You, um, I've never heard from a Tiffin owner that hasn't probably talked to you personally or you haven't helped them in some way. And that just speaks volumes to you and your company and the quality and how you stand behind the product. So I'm sure that's the reason that you've been so successful all these years and will continue to be as your family continues that tradition. So. Well, we're going to try. We're going to, we're going to keep everything moving forward if we can, as long as we can. 
And it's, you know, getting back to, I would like to, I would like to come to work the last day I work be the last day I live. So, <laughs> you know, that's just the way it is. Work is your playpen. You oh, like yeah, it. It's yeah. too much fun here. Because I love, spending, <laughs> I love spending time with my wife too. But, you know, with the, she understands that. She understands we're going to work. And, and, of course, we do take trips. You know, mm -hmm. I, we use a motorhome. Usually about, if things are normal, we'll use one about about four or five weeks out of the year. That's yeah, and so that's the way it's been ever since we started. See, back in the old days, we'd take a motor home and go to football games. Yes. That's when, when Van played and Lee played, we'd go down Tuscaloosa and mm -hmm. we would camp out there one week every weekend and come home, get back home in time to go to church. But I did that for years and I enjoyed it, enjoyed the motor home. I still enjoy staying in them and still enjoy, I enjoy, I can still drive. Yeah, I can drive a motor home. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I hope that you're, I hope that you get to come to work every day and drive motorhomes and, and enjoy the, the golden years. Sure. So thank you so much, Jay. I can't, I can't tell you how, what a pleasure it's been to talk to a true icon, the icon of the RV industry right here in front of me today. So thank you so much for it's, that. It's been my pleasure. If you'd like to learn more about the things that we've discussed today in today's podcast, please click the links below in the podcast episode description. Also, if you've enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe and tell your friends about it, share it. Um, we would love to have more viewers and love to have, make sure that you don't miss a single episode. Make sure you tune into our next episode to see which industry expert, icon, or influencer is up next. Until then... Class is dismissed and we'll see you down the road.